You're listening to your Week 1 NBA Playoffs Recap with David and Kay. Kay, the LeBron train is passing Phoenix. No stopping. No stopping. Yo. Week 1 of Playoffs is in the bag. Tell me what you've been watching and your thoughts. I'm a bit sad, I'll be honest. Whoa. I mean, like, I didn't think, I didn't think a, a loss would hurt me this much. Who lost? The game three loss against the Celtics actually hurt my feelings. <sighs> okay. Can you talk me out of it, please? I'm a little bit, I actually am a little bit sad to be honest. I, I don't think I can handle life if they lose the finals against LeBron. If, if actually it's the Lakers versus the Nets and the Nets lose, I'm actually, I'm also really scared about the Bucs. I'm legitimately, genuinely super scared against the Bucs. Don't be scared. Don't be scared, my child. Your daddy's here. My very, very small child. Uh, <laughs> too small. <laughs> You're too small. Uh, okay, we'll get... <laughs> too fucking small. Of course, uh, we're just coming out of the, the Celtics win against the Nets. So the series is now 2-1, I think, as time. Um, by time... This comes yeah. out, the Nets are probably going to be up 3-1. Yeah, maybe 3-1. And then yeah. by next episode, the Celtics will be in the next round. Sorry, the Nets... The, not, sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the, Nets, <laughs> the Nets will be in the next round. There's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be worried about. I did think that in order for the Celtics to win a single game, they needed like a Hercules effort by Tatum. And that's what happened. Tatum just bored out. And Smart made some smart plays. And Walker was terrible, you know? Like, it, 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 but it only took one superstar player to beat Harden and Kevin Durant, who pretty much, they both, like, they, they scored 80 points just mm. between those two. Um, and plus Kyrie scored, like, I don't know what, 9 points, 11 points, had a bad shooting night. They went passing to him. I, I, I kind of feel a bit scared, like, that they know the pecking order. They know it's Kevin Durant eats first. They know James Harden eats second, even though he's the point guard, and Kyrie eats third. I, I just feel like if 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 he's having an off night, he's not going to get many chances for him to heat up. You know what I mean? Because uh, he doesn't get as many touches, he doesn't get as many chances at shots. He has to earn his shots, and even as big of a superstar he is, he still has to earn his shots with Katie and Harden on the floor. And I just get worried that um, later in the playoffs, when they're more um, you know, hungry. The more they feel more pressure to get like points at certain at certain uh, points in the game, that they're not going to turn to Kyrie. They're just going to ISO with KD or ISO with Harden. And I feel like that's going to be bad for team chemistry as a whole. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't really articulate it because I'm. Uh, it's it's like a fresh wound to me. I actually really am hurt. I never felt this way because all the time the Nets have always been underdog. Um, and any victory in a play, like in a postseason is like wow, like the Nets actually won a game. Now they expected to win the freaking championship, so any loss is just it's just pain. Like it's just like oh, what what why how how's this possible with KD, Kyrie, and Harden? I know you're hurting, Kane. I know that nothing I say right now is going to make that hurt go away. Fucker. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please, don't forget to feed Patch. Patch still needs to eat. <laughs> oh, oh. Patch will eat. Patch will eat. I'm a, you might not. By the time it was like third or fourth 
third quarter, like end of third quarter, like they were up by double digits. I knew the Nets would make some type of comeback. I didn't think they were going to win, but I knew that they were going to make some type of comeback. But I was just, yeah, I was very sad that they were down. So that they let a lead happen like that. I think it's okay. Tatum scored 50. That's no joke. That's an all-time performance. Mm. The thing that surprised me a bit was um, the fact that Joe Harris didn't get going in that game. So I feel that surprised mm. me a bit because he's been balling. Blake didn't have a particularly good game. If there's any concern, it's more around making sure that those secondary players are part of the game, are feeling like they're contributing. And I think when that happens, that's when you have those beautiful sequences of plays when you know they're passing back and forth off the backboard, Durant with the dunk. I believe you. I believe that's that's the ideal situation. But I just feel like when when it comes to pressure moments, that they're not going to rely on um, like team chemistry and like getting moving the ball around so everyone gets touches. It it it's not going like because they haven't spent enough time together to have that that chemistry to have that flow of of the offense and. I don't know. I just think like Kate, like they will always look to KD. Like KD is the best player on this team. KD can literally make any shot he wants against any defender. Let's just give him the ball. It's going to be a sixty percent chance they'll go in. We'll live with those chances, and I would too. Like I don't mind that. He's he's literally shooting like at least over fifty percent, but it's not going to be good enough. Come teams like the the Bucks, honestly, are like top three team in the league. That that's. That's a fact. Like they're the top three team in the league, and so sorry Brooklyn. So I really think this is a, like that's why I'm scared because I really think the winner of the Bucks and the the Nets is going to be the champion, the champion of the of the NBA. Honestly. Okay, whatever. I don't think LeBron's in the East. <laughs> what I'm saying is, oh no. Like my point is, so you don't you don't rate the Sixers. I don't rate mm-hmm. the Sixers as high as the Bucks or the Nets. So I think there's only one team in the in the in the West that's on their level, and that's the Lakers. If they're fully healthy. They're not fully healthy, unfortunately. But let's say they were fully healthy. That's the most talented team out west. And then I got the Bucks, and then I got the Nets. No particular order. I'm just saying those are the top three teams. What if I told you that it was actually a good thing that the Nets lost a game to the Celtics, or even potentially two games? Yeah, I mean in the first round. Get it over yeah. with. Why have yeah. this pressure of going four, yeah. four, four, four into the finals, and then? That's when the pressure builds. Okay, That's up. when the pressure builds. Yeah. When LeBron is flexing, post-up move. Andre Drummond over in the sidelines. <laughs> LeBron, you say there's pressure. You say that the Nets are the best. There's a lot of pressure on them to win. What better way to diffuse that pressure by booking a couple of losses in the early rounds to free yourself up a bit? Oh, of course. Also... A reminder to Katie and Harden that yes, combined you can have 80 points, but we need to get everyone else involved, and that's how we win. Yeah, no, they need to remember that. I, I logically, you're correct. There's there's no doubt about it. But I'm I'm just saying, like, my reaction to that game was we still have a lot of work to do, and this, like, we're losing. We lost against inferior team. There's no doubt. Like, the Celtics are no match for the Nets. Easily, like there's no chance that the Celtics can even cobble together two wins, let alone four wins. You know, to to advance. Like that's why there's no doubt in my mind the Nets are advancing. 
I just, I, I just, it just, it just, it just affected me emotionally. That's just being honest, you know. I guess we can talk about the box because they did sweep the heat, and I'm a little bit upset about that because now they got a lot more time to prep for the nets. Like, who are we kidding? The the box are putting all the homework and all the scouts on 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 scouting the nets. There's there's no chance that like maybe they put five percent of like the of the, capa- the staff capacity on on the on the Celtics, but really they're focusing on the Nets. They're expecting that the, that person should be fired. Then <laughs> that staff is <laughs> that Jack Bond. The Bucks are prepping. They're expecting seeing the Nets, and they got all this time now to prepare because um, they might even go to New York. They might even go to Brooklyn early and just I know, get Sabaro or something. I don't know. Whatever. What you're saying is Milwaukee. The Bucks have hired Jacques Vaughn. Um, to help them prep for the Nets. And Jock Vaughn's like, look, I don't know what how they run that team. They, they don't let me in the gym. <laughs> I can't get in the gym. <laughs> Can I coach? They, they promised him a promotion of assistant head coach. Can I coach, please, Kyrie, this game? <laughs> I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I mean, we're talking about a couple of extra days. And really, how do you plan or how do you scheme against Durant and Harden? To be honest, the Nets themselves are still figuring out. If they're still figuring out, how you as another team going to know what they're going to do when they're still figuring out? They're building this mm. right now. And that's actually one of the beauties. Mm. It's not like they can run tape. It's not like they can run 60 hours of tape looking at these three play together, right? Okay, I do like that. That's some of the strategy that's happening, you see, behind the scenes. That's probably what some of these teams are doing. They're not playing... That's why they don't play Anthony Davis at center all the time, right? They save it for the playoffs. <laughs> I do like that. I, I do want to talk about, like, quickly, I guess, the Bucks just demolishing mm-hmm. the Heat. I, I knew after that first game, which was an overtime game, which was a close game, but this the Heat clearly ran out of steam in overtime. This was, like, really similar to that Cavs-Warriors um, Cavs finals where J.R. Smith didn't mm-hmm. pass the ball. And LeBron knew like this was like our chance, their yeah. best chance of of stealing a game. You know, the Heat beat the Bucks last year in the in the semifinals, was it? Yeah. Conference semifinals, I think. And now this time they got swept in the first round. And I don't know, like with the Heat, I was just reading this on ESPN. They have twenty seven million dollars in cap space, and we can talk about this. But I I don't think I've ever seen a season where the Heat haven't been competitive. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Pat Riley is going to build a competitive team. And I'm thinking possibly with Jimmy Butler re- reinvigorated might be, a, might be a new super team, but we can talk about that later because I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of moves and maybe Tyler Hero is out as well. You, I, I know you were disappointed with Tyler. T- look, Tyler Hero needs to take his little prick of a dick out of that, that girlfriend of his, okay? He can't handle her. He can't handle her. All I know is that this guy is Instagramming too much and he's not shooting. He has played. He, I think he's, he shot like like 30% from the three-point line. In, at least in, that, in the playoff, in that, in that, in that box, against the box. Last year, people were talking about Tyler Hero as if he was going to be the next generation of the Heat. And I believed it at that time. During the trade deadline, there was talk that maybe they need to include Tyler Hero in any package for Lowry. And I was thinking... Okay, we can't no can't do that, right? Because he's like Tyre Hero. He's he's big time, right? He's a young rising star. Now I don't even know what kind of trade. Yeah, I he, think it definitely diminished a lot. Yeah, I reckon a lot too. I'm just I just want to double check his career stats so far. In 
his rookie year. So there's a pretty similar amount of games because I, I don't know, maybe he wasn't playing in the beginning and then he eventually got more time as he as 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 he got more trust with the team. What the fuck is points per game? His numbers are good. His numbers are good. He 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 hit about the same mark. He was about thirty six percent this year. He's thirty eight percent last year. His field goal percentage is higher. I think. But the eye test. The eye test is weird, but the stats the stats are pretty similar. Uh, I'm quite surprised. This is the key. Good players' reputations are built or destroyed in the playoffs. And what we've seen here is Tyler Hero totally unprepared for the playoffs. But he was he was on the he was on the downhill like leading up to the playoffs as well. And normally that might be okay, but we also heard during the course of the season that some Heat players, i.e. Jimmy Butler, was not happy about the lifestyle choices of Tyler Hero. And I take that to mean maybe a mm. bit too out there, maybe a bit too familiar with the clubs, okay? Maybe a little too many Instagram posts with his Instagram girlfriend. I would like to say like, he is young, I guess, and he doesn't have to be a superstar. He just needs to be better. He is, I guess, in all intents and purposes, the same player he was in his rookie year. So I, I'm willing to give him some slack because not every player has to be the best, like aim to be the best player in the NBA. He just needs to be better than he was last year. That's totally okay. We didn't, when they drafted Tyler Hero, no one knew that he was going to be anything, um, anything other than a contributor mm. off the bench. But I think it's just mm. more of disappointment, the fact that he was on a different trajectory and he thought this was a bona, bona fide yeah all-star, feature multiple-time all-star, mm. and that type of asset versus mm. now, which is an asset right. where is he going to be, what, what's the value of him in drawing, like you said, a generational player back onto the heat, which now I'm not sure now. Mm. Regardless, he's still a trade chip. He's still young. He's, he's shown flashes of, of being a good player um, and helping a team to reach it where it needs to be. So I think the asset is still viable maybe just diminished slightly maybe a lot but um this team has a lot of cap space like i said and who knows like you you see you see what the clippers i mean that's the team i'm looking at you see how the clippers are doing they're losing against the mavs kawaii's contract runs out kawaii might you know jump ship might go to miami might go to eric spolstra uh and that team that is all predicated on hard work. Uh, I just want to say, and we don't have to go to the West, but I just want to say this. Kawhi Leonard has only ever won a championship when there's been another lead dog on that team. He's never been the alpha and led a team to a championship. Like you could say, he's, He was definitely the best player in Toronto, but he wasn't the lead dog. There was a lot of lead dogs on that team. Absolutely. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at Kyle Lowry, I'm looking at Serge Ibaka, I even like even think like Pascal Siakam had some like you know had a bit more dog than Kawhi did. Fred Van Vliet, assassin. Exactly, a lot of guys on that team just helped carry that persona for Kawhi. Kawhi didn't need to be the outspoken rah rah guy. In the Clippers, there's no other, there's no one, there's no one there that 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 speaks up. Paul George isn't someone that speaks up in the game. Like he, he lets his game do the talking, I suppose. And same as Kawhi, so. Anyway, that's besides the point. I just think Kawhi might say, look, I'm looking at Miami. I'm looking at what Jimmy Butler can, can provide to my game, what he can do, how he can shed, shed some of the spotlight off me. And, you know, I'll, 
I'll happily play alongside a dog and Jimmy Butler mm. as opposed to uh, poor George who has, I don't know, shied away from the limelight. I like what I'm hearing, but we'll get to the Clippers. Let's wrap up on the East yeah, yeah. by talking about... Are we finally going to talk about the Sixers and, and, and the Wizards? We're going to give them some... You've said enough already. You've said enough. Okay. Knicks and Hawks. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta tell you, I have not watched a single minute of Sixers versus Wizards. The only 30 either. seconds I watched was people throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook's head. <laughs> Which segues to our next mm. top, like our next thing, but I don't think that was nearly as bad as the what happened at MSG at Madison Square Garden. I think throwing popcorn on someone is is not good. It's definitely bad fan etiquette and you should behave yourself and I think it's fair, just ban them for life. Just it's it's clean, it's easy. You know what I mean? Just just ban them indefinitely. Cause some kind of weird time frame ban is I don't know, hard to enforce anyway. So just whatever, ban them from life, it's cool. Um, but it was it pales in comparison, especially in a pandemic, to what a fan did to Trey Young, where I mean, we did, I, you didn't see exactly who did it. I wish they just panned it out. I don't know why they're protecting the fans. Just show the face. Who cares? They want to be doxxed. They deserve to be doxxed. But basically, uh, someone, I assume a man, spat at Trey Young while he was on the on, on the sideline, uh, about to in, 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 inbound a ball. <sighs> Trey Young doesn't feel it, but you see the um, woman in the front row. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, get on her. Unfortunately. So that that dude deserves like a life like more than a lifetime ban, like multiple lifetime bans. You know that's, uh, you know that's disgusting on its own. Let alone a pandemic where, you know, you shouldn't even be kissing. You shouldn't be hugging strangers. You definitely should not be kissing strangers, Kane. <laughs> I was hugging, even hugging, shaking, even shaking hands. Not even shake hands with strangers. Kane, when you see people you don't know on the street, just please leave them leave them alone. Don't don't approach them. Don't approach them. Can't help it. This is friendly friendly Australian uh, behavior. If you want to kiss them, kiss them from behind. Don't do the frontal approach. No, just... Okay, okay. anyway. It's getting off track. We're getting off track. Interesting to me because I'm trying to imagine... I can't even put myself in the shoe of the fan who spat during a game at... Trayon or any player. Yeah, I've never spat, I've never spat at anyone. First of all, I wouldn't even like physically. I can't. I don't even know what what's the physiology I would have to go through to allow <laughs> myself to spit at someone. <laughs> spit at someone. My brain is not making the connection. I don't even know what to have to do it. It's a New Yorker thing, maybe, like to spit on someone. You know, you make fun of my people, the Chinese people, Kane. Who? Let's just be honest. Uh, probably not the best public etiquette. Mm. I, I can't even imagine those people like people here doing something like this during a game. That type of extreme aggression is just something very foreign to me. And don't give me an excuse that he was drunk or that it just came out and he was it just came out. No. Like this person ha has done this in the past, right? For this to happen. Of course. It's like people that said that, oh, I you know, I blurted out all these racist words because I was drunk. No, you were already thinking about these words. Otherwise, yeah, you wouldn't know how to get those words out of your mouth. Right? It'd be so foreign to you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a bit alarming. Yeah. It's a bit alarming for me to to see some some New Yorkers like this, especially the fact that he's close yeah. enough close enough where he can spit at the on the court. This is, I'm assuming, a pretty well off person, right? Those are not cheap tickets. And I, I just want to say, like, yeah, you know that, you know, not every New Yorker is like that. It's it's not fair to paint them like 
with that broad paintbrush. Obviously, it's just this one individual that was extremely vile and mm. disgusting, and des- like like I said, deserves a multiple life- lifetime ban during, a, especially during a pandemic. That's just gross and just t- terrible. And Trey Young should should press charges, mm. to be honest. But I just I'm also seeing like the scenes after their win, after their game two win against a team that's seated lower than them, a team that they should be they should beat at home, like technically, right? Um, and they're like cele- celebrating in this in the streets. And I just think like what's this entitled culture where you win one game and now they're like chanting, "We want Brooklyn, we want Brooklyn." Like uh, I just I see this very self centered very narcissistic, very entitled culture happening in New York where they think they're the best team in the world because the Stephen A. Smiths of the world give them so much publicity and so much airtime that they, you know what I mean? Like, and I just want to also give context. My entire life, like since I became an NBA fan, it wasn't until like I became a true NBA fan, I knew about the Knicks. When I first like started following the NBA, which is the early 2000s, like late 90s, I did not know the Knicks existed. You know what I mean? Like they were not a good team for a long time when I, when I, when I was young. How about James Dolan's first album, their debut album, JD and Straight Shots? <laughs> you know about them? Yeah, <laughs> that that was probably the most memorable, the not- notable thing coming out of MSG. No, honestly, like I knew when I was when I was in the early two thousands, I knew the Nets, I knew the Kings for mm. some reason. Chris Webber. Because they were a good team with Chris Webber. I knew the Lakers, I knew the Spurs, I knew the Seattle yeah. Supersonics. Like, I, I knew a few more teams, obviously, but there was a, like, those are the teams I knew because they were winning teams. And I guarantee you, there's not a single uh, fan. There's not a single fan of the Knicks outside of New York in my age group. Because the Knicks have just, they haven't been good in two decades. And you have to learn ancient history to know that the Knicks made two, fi- two, final appear- two final appearances? They were Eastern champs twice in the 90s. Yeah, but you have to learn, like you just have to go back into Wikipedia and find out, and like, oh, cool, oh, yeah. oh wow, like the Knicks. I- when I was growing up, I didn't know about the Knicks, and I didn't care about the Knicks. It's just this New York entitlement that they think they're better than everyone else because the Stephen A. Smiths talk about them so much. So uh, they-, they feel like it's their right after a stupid postseason win to go out in the streets and act stupid and dance around in a pandemic I, I just I don't know I just thought New York people are smarter than that and for them to act like that like buffoons buffoons basically after a, one single game they have to win 15 more you know the way that's looking now that I'm not sure if they can win two more here mm. look those Knicks fans I know you're a Knicks fan I'm sorry I know you're a Knicks fan but it, I'm it, a true Knicks fan I'm a true Knicks fan which which means I hate myself and I hate the New York Knicks those are the only true Knicks fans left more of the Max Kellerman camp, okay? Stephen A. Smith, I'm not sure how much of that is just for show. Because as a true Knicks fan, our job is not done until James Doland either die from the Indian variant of COVID or he sells the team. <laughs> That's when our <laughs> fandom rises from the ashes. I feel like it might be like a North Korea situation where you want the father to die but then the son takes over and is like don't say 10 that, times James. worse. Don't say that. <laughs> James Dolan Jr. Because the Knicks organization is a disaster. They continue to be a disaster. You know, it's it's easy to get behind this team. 
I put all, I give all that credit on the players. I don't give any credit to the Knicks organization. The Knicks organization did not build a team that they thought was going to the playoffs, okay? I don't know what the hell they were building. Mm -hmm. No one thought mm -hmm. James Randall, Julius mm -hmm. Randall would have amounted to anything. And he's played in regular season yeah. like an all-NBA player, right? But that's not James Dolan. That's not the organization. If you like New York basketball, you should be watching the Nets. That's my opinion. And the only draft pick that's starting for them is RJ Barrett. And the, all the other top 10 draft picks that they've had are, are on the bench. And RJ Barrett sucked last year. It's only this year with Tibbs that he's, he's become a great contributor. Look at all, all their other uh, draft picks, like Frankie Smokes. He doesn't even play. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox doesn't play. Cut doesn't play at all. Simba though has to play Taj Gibson like playoff minutes, like NBA Finals minutes. Just imagine, just think about that. They 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 found Nolan Noels. They found no off the street, and and he's the, the yeah the starter of like getting quality minutes at at the five position as well. He's probably making second team or defense <laughs> this year. My point is, it's totally alien to me why the New York fan, some of the New York fan base feel entitled that they should be winning. You should, what you should be doing instead is to shut up and just enjoy, enjoy the ride that this team has given you. I mean, are the Knicks get, you going to advance at this point? I doubt it. I, I think it's a 50-50 shot still, but it's, it's still, I don't know. It's, it's like... It's hard. It'll be hard. This 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 Hawks team is Trey Young is probably the best. Like you know, what I mean, that's my logic. I, the best player usually like gets the team across the line. Trey Young is by far the best player because you would say Julius Randle entering the series is probably the best player, but he's been playing mm. terrible. And Trey Young has been like hair on fire kind of thing like that. And also, I love Trey Young's attitude. People are literally profane, like saying "fuck Trey Young" in the crowds. I've never kind of heard that like level of unison and profanity at like yelling at a player um just a bit of like i, I don't know I, I don't mind the knicks being like the fans being loud i just i just hope they i just wish they weren't so trash i just wish they weren't so trashy i just want them to be a bit more classy and 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 self-aware this organization has a fucking owner that throws away knicks legend charles oakley they grab him and throw him out like he's committed a crime because he's criticized James Dolan. This is the person that throws out and bans fans for saying James Dolan sucks. And yet he allows, he allows these lunatic fans to be spitting on, on other players. No, he didn't. He did, he did, he did get banned. He did get banned. Going back to the Knicks in this series. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> It's passion, Kane. I have yeah. passion. <laughs> it, it, also, it's just it's just making me root for the Hawks even harder. Like the Knicks are a feel-good mm. story, right? They're like a Cinderella story. You didn't expect them to be the fourth seed. You expected them maybe to sneak into the back end of the postseason. You, the, like, let's all be honest. Like the the fourth best team in terms of talent was the Celtics this year, mm. right? They should have been the fourth seed, and yet the Knicks, uh, out of all the odds you know, got home court advantage in the postseason, which is a great feat. But now they're feeling like, you know, like they're screaming, we want Brooklyn. We, they're, they're, they're celebrating like, you know, they won the fucking championship after one single um, game they won. And they're just making me like rude against them even harder. Like, I don't really care about the Knicks. You know, that's what I'm saying this entire time. Like anyone that's my age who doesn't live in New York aren't a Knicks fan because they don't care about the Knicks. The Knicks aren't like, 
this global brand to the scale of like a Real Madrid or a Manchester United mm. or Dallas Cowboys. You know, they're not on that level, unfortunately. Like you, they think they are, but they're not. Like they're just they're just an NBA team. You know, like it's not a big deal. And for them to act like this, it just and then you see it. It just makes you think like uh, the losers. Like why why would I care about this team that is acting like this or the fans are acting like this? I'm I don't mind the I like the players. I like the team. And the coach, obviously Thibodeau, I've always respected, and I think he's getting the best out of this um, lesser talented team. But it, it, the whole experience around New York and and how much they're clamoring for, for this team is just making me hate hate them. Like it's making me root against them, unfortunately. So I want the Hawks to win, and I think they will. I think the Hawks will win because Trey Young is clearly the best player in the series. I'm gonna have to agree with you. And this is very strange that as a song, as growing up as a diehard Knicks fan, that I would prefer the Hawks to win. Um, and I think it's like what you said. You know, just when there's something good about Knicks, why do people have to be, behave like this to for people to then hate on yeah. this team? It's like why can't you just enjoy it? Yeah. I keep bringing up Lynn Sandy because I felt like that was such a magical period, and you know, people were behave. They're positive. It was positive energy. Positive energy was yeah, fun energy. Exactly. Yeah, I. When this is just nastiness. Not, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. I love a good taunt. I love good taunts. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. But there's a line between a good mm. taunt, a smart taunt, a witty taunt, like Akron hates you. I like that. I like that. But if you're crossing the line. Mm. You're crossing a line, and if you're personally attacking very sensitive things about Treyon, or even getting physical, like spitting or things like that, that's not fun anymore. If I was in the stand, I would not be having fun. No. That's not a fun environment. That's a fucking mob. For that reason, I agree with you. I prefer and I hate Atlanta. I hate Treyon. <laughs> I don't even like Treyon. I just think you know we also we also we also always talk about like comic resolution. And the Knicks, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because they had a bad owner, they were dealt a bad hand, have built this, I guess, this, this, this comic force, maybe that's finally working for them. You know, they finally got the right coach, they got the right leader in Derek Rose. It's finally coming, coming together. But it's just, it's just all crashed down. I, I, I don't know. This is how I feel. I'm not obviously the karma gods. I'm not the basketball gods. But I'm pretty sure the basketball gods don't want you to say fuck, you know, player's name as like the chant. Because it's not creative, it's not smart, it's trashy, it's dumb, it's boring. It's, bo- it's just not funny. It's not funny, it's just unoriginal. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not, not unoriginal, but it's just lame. Like, it's not, it's not creative or funny or anything about it, it's just dumb. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying, you know... Uh, players are intimidated by, by that or anything, but they may or may not be. That's not the point, though. But as a player, like, I don't want to feel scared that you're gonna hurt me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. That's not fun anymore. Like, I, I like, I, I love it when you know, you like people hate me. I, I can embrace that. But if I feel like I'm in danger. That's not fun. Who wants to watch that? Mm. That's not comfortable for me to watch. Even like, how's that fun? That's not fun. Yeah, yeah. It, Exactly. It, it may work. It, it might be intimidating. It might actually put them off the game. But it's just not the right way to go about it. It's just not what you say to another human being that you're actually enjoying what you, know, you actually enjoy watching. Like Trey Young is actually a really good player, and 
he's putting on a show. And you're saying that in jest, I guess, mm. but like he doesn't know because there's twenty thousand fans yelling his name and telling him to, f- to fuck off. It's going down a bad path where it's hard to have fun in that type of environment. But let's get back to the actual product on the court and talk about Julius Randle because he's he was balling this season, and I'm not really mm. sure mm. why. He just hasn't been able to to get it together in the playoffs. It feels like Derrick Rose is really carrying a lot of the weight. Derrick Rose is yeah. Derrick Rose is the leading scorer. Um, scoring twenty four points. Trey Young scoring twenty seven points. So yeah, both of both of those guys are playing really well. But the best player, Julius Randle, is uh, this is horrendous. He's not shooting well from threes, which is something that he, he was improving at this year. I mean, he already won most improved player. His mid range is terrible. I think his. I'm just looking at the stats here. He's one of seventeen from mid range. <laughs> He's hit one shot out of eighteen shots. So have you seen anything to indicate why this is happening? Because yeah, he said he's in an interview after the first game. He was rushing. He was like a lot of adrenaline, and he just kind of, which seems fair enough. He was his first first playoff game. He was nervous. He's got New York on his back. Um, he wants to do well. Um, but at some point, you got to get together because unfortunately, the Hawks are beating you, and you have unfortunately like limited time to get it get it right and if it's your nerves man that's that's what you're paid for you're you're paid to perform you know and i know if anyone should say you know if anyone should get profane like no one should get it but i'm just saying julius randall it it needs a needs a rude awakening to, to get to get his head right that's all yeah this so let's see if he can get together next couple of games Someone needs a stone talking. Yeah, Thibodeau needs to work his magic, basically, on Julius Randle because he's been doing all regular season and it just seems like his nerves are shot against a team that they should they should be. They've got home court advantage, you know. Because we're talking about fan behavior, I guess let's just wrap up the East with talking about fan behavior because uh, during this past week, Westbrook was also... Um, had a fan experience where he got popcorn thrown on him. So the question for you, Kane, is what can the NBA do to reduce this type of behavior? It's always been something that I feel like I'm surprised it hasn't happened more because they're so close. And, and like, actually, like, they're so close to the action. Like, they're so, um, I don't know, like, you know, I, I guess it happens a lot, like, but, like, just hitting, like, kind of hitting, like, hitting them as they walk past and, like, I don't know, like, slapping the butt, like, even, in, like, in jest. Um, I just, you, you can't escape this interaction. And I just, I, I, maybe it's more Russell Westbrook, like the way he plays, the way that he's villainized in the media that kind of gives, uh, like more of a carte blanche, uh, access to, uh, make intimidating sort of actions towards Russell Westbrook. Like it's okay to do it because he, he deserves it in some, for some reason, um, because of the way he plays on court. I, I, I don't understand it, but I don't know like how you mitigate. it. Like the only way you would mitigate it is you just put them further away from the court, right? Like the, the, the less, the, the less attached to the, to, to the, to the players. Um, Cause it's so close, right? Like, it's just like, it's basically, you know, plays on court bench and then 
than all the seats. It's like they they had like they're just on the front row, the courtside seats basically. That's what the bench are. They're just courtside seats, and then just behind them are, are fans, like just right 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 behind them. So I don't know. What would you propose? I mean, it happens so seldomly that it's not. I don't think it's a big issue. I guess that's true. I think one way to discourage it is to is to make it public who's doing this. You know, when you have a racist. I agree. That's a good point. When you have a racist episode, you get this person's face posted all over Twitter and you get canceled. And I think yeah. it's that type of yeah. that type of public humiliation <sighs> that's required. I can see that's a slippery slope, but I I do a hundred. You know what I mean? Like it is a slippery slope for sure for the NBA to. Take that upon themselves. It's what they do in China. Public humiliation is what they do in China. <laughs> it, it works. No, I I agree with you. To be honest, I I think um, you call them out. You find those people, and you snuff them out, and you expose them for the douchebags they are, basically. And if they don't like it, don't they shouldn't have done it. You know, like it's it's it is what, but it's hot. Like it is harsh, right? Because the way I see it. Is the people in the cheap the the cheaper seats? They're further away. Yeah, so they have less chance to. Yeah, true. But the people in the expensive seats are doing this because they feel entitled. They have the reputation to presumably protect or a professional career to protect. I like it. Let it. Let people see who who's doing this. Who's let their employers see this is the type of person they are. Especially when we're talking about extreme things like this, throwing things, let's say, onto the court. I just also like the idea that they think that they're protected, and maybe that's to your point. Like, don't protect mm. these people anymore. Expose who they are. Show the vermin that they really are. But like, you saw like a classic example where you feel like you're protected. You feel like nothing will happen to you. Like, you know, in you know, malice in the palace. So this guy throws up okay, or whatever, run on test yeah. when he's lying, lying <laughs> on the bench, and he thinks yeah. it's cool. Like, he thinks this is going to get away with it. And then no, he just he messed with the wrong motherfucker. <laughs> and, I remember watching that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was that was that Muhammad Ali uh, quote? Like he, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Uh, Mike Tyson quote. Mike Tyson, sorry, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, it's 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 like it. I, I think you're right. Like it, if you're that close to the action, you probably can afford. Like you're probably rich enough to buy the seats. You have a certain responsibility to act in a certain way. You can't just treat uh, you know, the the people like entertainment. You can't treat like the NBA players like they're just entertainment. Like you can do whatever you want to them. Not they're not circus animals. Okay, Kane. Let's jump to the West. Jazz Grizzlies. Who's going to come out? Well, I already lost that actually. I said the Jazz would sweep the the Grizz, and the Grizz have shown a surprisingly uh, great deal of fight, which I've just pleasantly surprised. Jaw to me, I actually thought about this, and I didn't think about this before. But in the future, anytime they call a fr- like a like a big man, like a franchise big man, uh, out of the draft as like a can't miss prospect. I'm just always gonna pause. Not that Zion is bad. Like Zion is obviously a very gifted franchise player, but to call him a generational player to the likes of LeBron, like you can't miss prospect like Anthony Davis, it, it's just it's just not true because Jar, who was second, wasn't given as much time and res- respect 
Interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting. This is a hot take. It's a bit of a hot take. I just, I just wish that point guards are obviously just much more instrumental to the success of a team than, uh, than, than power forwards or centers or big men, basically. And um, maybe Zion is a better player than Jar. Like maybe that's the case. But who is actually more instrumental in the, your team's success? And Jar clearly, clearly is 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 helping his team uh, do more because he he actually won a game single-handedly against the top-seeded team in the in in the entire NBA, who had the best record in the NBA. So he almost did it again um, today. Look, I I think almost did it again. So I, I, I think Ja is well on his way to being another uh, you know, franchise uh, lead ball guard kind of thing like that. And Zion, despite all the talent that he I think the Pelicans are the most talented team, is still searching for the, you know, first postseason berth since, you know, eighties departure. And they traded Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe. Like it's, it's, this is a type of dumb shit you know like that that baffles me family organization okay gail 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 pig look gail gail come on seriously fire fire she's not gonna do she's not doing it fire a fire david just clean house dave griffin like slips some roofies in gail king's drink like gail king's under she's under the spell (laughs) of griff that fucking. <laughs> but yeah, I, I said like I, I don't think Stan is a modern day coach. Like he's not someone that the, the the kids are going to fully vibe with, and that's exactly what happened. The, the, even like quote the quote came out saying Pelicans players are not vibing. <laughs> this is the ESPN report. Are not vibing with SVG, and that was my exact same thing. Like I've always thought that like SVG is such an old school coach, and he's going to perhaps find a team that uh, vibes with his. Uh, with you know the culture he wants to instill, but it's not in not with New Orleans. Like, it's just it annoys me that people can't see that. Like you as well. Like, he he's not a. I love Stan. He's not a mod- He's not a Nick Nurse. He's not a Quinn Snyder. He's not a um, uh, Monty Williams. You know he doesn't have that sort of forward thinking approach to the NBA game. Look, you're not the only one who has criticized Stan Van Gundy. I still. Somewhat stand by Stan. I like Stan. And okay. let me put it this way. If Tibbs was in, in uh, New Orleans, would have made a difference? Yeah, I think Tibbs is an X, is a X factor coach though. He has an X factor ability to get the best out of defense with a certain old school approach. So yeah, I think SVG also has an old school approach, but he doesn't have the X factor, uh, uh, I don't know, like skill set, if you will. That he can rely on. Tibbs does have something he relies on. Um, Eric Spolster is also a very old school coach too. The way he gets, you know, the most out of his plays. He's just found someone perfect in Jimmy Butler and previously with Dwayne Wade to get the most out of the other soldiers on his team. I I, I think Steph uh, Stan is just uh, he's he's he, he just doesn't have it. He doesn't know how to command a room anymore. And he couldn't command a room in Orlando either. That's that's the thing that. That annoys me. Like he had such a great team in Orlando, and 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 it's the same thing. People just didn't listen to him there. Well, they did kick him out of um, Miami as well. Jack didn't like him, 
He called Stan Master of Panic. And he was in Detroit and, and, and fucked up Detroit as well. Like, how many chances does <laughs> this, this, this uh, pri- privileged old white man hey, get? Okay, let's not get racial. Let's not get racial here. Right? <laughs> you just said white. You, know, I mean, you said it. I re- I we, like okay, well, let's, we reserve racist comments to, uh, to Dave Griffin only. Oh, look, he, when, he said, when he said build a fucking wall in the huddle, man, that just elevated him for me. I don't know why. I just loved it. Well, when I think say? it was when he was in Detroit. I want to say, or I, th- I want to say it was in Detroit. He was like drawing a play. He was like, build a fucking wall <laughs> around like some key player. <laughs> I just loved it. Because <laughs> normally those like mic'd up, all you hear is like, "Hey guys, yeah, yeah good, in, good intensity, good, good rebounding, yeah, like really vanilla stuff." Derek Fisher was like, "Guys, they they have to wear basketball shorts just like us, just basketball." You're <laughs> <laughs> like talking to his children. <laughs> yeah. And then Mike, Mike Breen and S, J, JBG and, and, and Mark Jackson have to make sense of it. Like, oh yeah, I love what the coach is saying to his, to his team. The way he's firing the guys up. The, it's a really good point about rebounding. You have to rebound. Whereas Stan was like, build a fucking wall. Build a fucking wall. I'm not saying that he, he, he doesn't have good like, coaching ability. I'm just saying he needs to find the right team that accepts like that that can vibe with his his right. coaching right and th- this is not that many plays and he's it's hard right you need to find the right team and the right structure f- to facilitate that 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 environment the damning thing about the pelicans i don't know why we're talking about pelicans here but it's it's almost too juicy it's almost too juicy because this is the stuff exactly the stuff kind of stuff i like because because there if anything the grizzlies are showing i don't know why the grizzlies are fucking in the playoffs and how well they're playing i think the king i, I like that actually i think the kings are a better team than the grizzlies to be all, to be perfectly honest you know you look at the pelicans roster they they have a good roster they have brandon ingram he's a max player that zion people are saying he's little. sorry you're talking about the pelicans they have yeah, way the better players yeah right? they do much better yeah, they, they shouldn't be tenth in the they shouldn't be uh, no sorry they shouldn't be eleventh in the West. And not just that they they fucking trade out they fucking trade away Drew Holiday. <laughs> Drew Holiday, Jesus. The only difference between this year's Bucks and last year's is that they have they 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 have Drew Holiday instead of fucking useless handicap Blitzo. And where's Blitzo? Blitzo's in fucking New Orleans. And also don't forget the the, the way they they fucked over JJ Reddick too. You know you. you you just, you just for, for peanuts. You just don't fuck over uh, people like that for like basically not nothing. <laughs> like it would be, it'd be a different story if they got like a franchise player. But like it might have been smart. Mm. Like I don't even like that because that's what Dan, that's Danny Ainge level shit. That you know, be him on the ass. But uh, we should talk about. Did we talk about Danny Ainge last week? By the way, skip the playoffs. Who cares about the fucking playoffs? Let's talk about Danny Ainge. I love it. This is my kind of show. This is my kind of show. <laughs> did we talk? About, I forgot we talked. Did we talk about Danny Ainge on uh, on Signal? Can't remember now. We were chatting about Danny Ainge. Okay, change seat. Give give me the my list of white men. I talked to you about each and every one of them. This is bigger than basketball. Sometimes a actually I forgot what the story was. What did he say? Oh, okay. Okay. As we know, as we were talking about <laughs> I can summarize it. We're basically entering uh before after game two, entering game three. Uh I think it was Rachel Nichols actually asked about um Kyrie's 
uh, anticipation to going back to the garden. And Kyrie basically, in a jokingly way, said like, "Oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I hope that they focus on basketball, that they keep it within basketball, because we know that um, Boston Celtics fans uh, uh, can have basically racist remarks, and I've dealt with that in my in my and mm. I've dealt with it um, in my time there, both as like a player and as an opponent. I'm paraphrasing, and um, that was it, and." Then later, Marcus Smart came out, came forward and said, "Yeah, like it's it's hard to be cheered on by um, fans that would make racist remarks to players in general, and then cheer you on." Like he he said that was a weird juxtaposition. And then Tatum himself didn't agree, but he just kind of like sided, saying like, "I respect what Kyrie and um, Kyrie and Marcus Smart have said um, in a very respectful manner before dropping 50, 50 points." Oh, God damn it. <laughs> And Danny Ainge's comment is, in his 26 years of, uh, around basketball, he has not, no player has ever like came to him and talked that they've experienced some racist, racism or something to that effect. Okay, okay. And, and it was like that meme, like the people who Danny Ainge spoke to, like one, Larry Bird, number two, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Number three. Uh, Has anyone called Gordon Hayward the N-word? This is, this is, this surprised me a little bit. You know, the fact that we've just had this Black Lives Matter renaissance last year, how race has become a focus. Mm. Why would you... Yeah, not turning a blind eye to it. Why would you come with, out with a statement like this? Danny Ainge played in the 80s. I'm sure the Boston Garden at that time was way more racist back in the 80s than it's now, than TD Garden now. And he said that he's never, no one's ever, mm. he's not aware of this? That no player has ever come to him and talked to him? Okay, maybe technically that could be correct. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, 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 that could be possible. But that's not the point. He's a smarter man than that. Mm. That's not what people take away from this comment. That literally Jason Tatum or Marcus Smart didn't go into their Outlook and book a meeting. Subject, I've been the victim of racism in the organization. They didn't have technically a meeting. But he must be, he's obviously aware that race, racism is still an issue. The fans sometimes cross the line and do continue to cross the line. Yeah, it's tough. Does he like, have Alzheimer's? He's getting up there in age. You don't, you obviously never want to call someone a racist, but this is as tone deaf as you can get, I, I, I think, right? Because it's also funny, like he said, oh, I, I've never heard it in my 26 years in Boston, which is just bullshit, obviously. But they're, they're probably like throwing the N word left and right over there. Well, he said, actually, he said, I never heard it from a player. Right. Like, players never came to him and spoke about having racist experiences. Which that Tatum also, I guess, echoes. Which I think he's just doing it for fan lip service and PR PR service, which isn't great. But then Marcus Smart, the guy <laughs> on his team, has directly gone against what he's worth and said, I, yes, I've not only talked about it, I've also gone and written the Players' Tribune about my experiences with racism uh, in the NBA and in Boston itself. And so like, it's for Danny Ainge to say, like, I'm, I haven't heard from any of my players it means he's not listening to his play all of his players then. He's got maybe this inner circle that includes Tatum and previously Gordon mm -hmm. Hayward and uh, the German player, I forgot his name now. Daniel Tice. Tice, Daniel yeah. Tice. <laughs> 
And they're all like, oh yeah, Boston's a great place. Like no, no racism, no racism there. Who's on the Celtics inner circle? We got Tice, Gordon Hayward, Scalabrini. Is he? He's, a, he's an elder. <laughs> he's a circle elder. What's the uh, What's the guy that um, Jordan played golf with before Danny Ainge. the, that's the Danny playoffs? Ainge. Yeah, that's Danny, Danny Ainge. Was it? Oh, okay. I thought it was someone else. Okay. Even I'm um, I'm just reading this now. Bill Russell, who is you know arguably the best Celtics player of all time, if not best, you know one of the best basketball players of all time, talked about also having racism, and that was back in the seventies and eighties, right? So like to your point. Like racism is famously he doesn't have a very good relationship with the Celtics organization because he's called that organization racist, mm. or maybe mm. not literally racist, but that that organization has not racist, has not protected its players like it should when he was playing. I think he, yeah, it was more like he doesn't feel like his accomplishments are. Uh, uh, will be respected in, with with Boston as much as it should be because of his the color of his skin, something like to that effect. Anyway, where does this put Danny Ainge and the Celtics at this point? It's he. You know, does I, he know? I, well, you know, like, I've I've said this in the past. Does no. he know what? <laughs> no, I mean, like I, I've said this in the past. Like I don't like the way Danny Ainge has done business. I think he's been like he's been shrewd, but he's, he became too mm. greedy. Uh, I thought it was like karma that like you know has has struck him and and hurt hurt his team that was built on years of just bad management uh but like just just bad faith like bad uh, just overall management of the team um and, and it's hurt him and now this whole this this thing which I think is a big story like just being tone deaf after like you said like uh, like just after. Black Lives Matter and everything, and for him to not um, acknowledge the obvious things that happen in, in his city is just, well, I was saying, like, yeah, I just think it's still funny. Like, he said, it's, it's different if he said, I never hurt fans, because it's possible, because he, he's in the, he's in his um, owner's box or, you know, his special box. He doesn't hear what the fans saying. Fair enough. Like, you know, fans are being, yeah, saying the N word, being racist. That is a different story. But he said, I never heard any of my players say that. <laughs> like what? So you don't read what your players say on the internet? You don't read like the things that they say? Like you don't listen to what they, they, they're saying to the, in press conferences? You don't hear what Marcus Smart has been extremely open about? Like it does, that, that part means he's not listening. He's, he's, he's like the epitome of like that white owner that doesn't mm. care about... Um, you know what his employees are thinking or doing. He he says all the he says all the right stuff to the public, and he wants to he wants to dis, disassociate that topic from his team. But his players are speaking out. His players are talking about Black Lives Matter, about the, the injustice that's happening in police brutality, and he wants to keep it strictly on basketball. You know, like it, that's not right. And uh, I don't know. It's just. It's just, it's just, it's just all like, it's just all bad. Like, I, 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 I'm not saying he's gonna get fired over this, but I think there is going to be a reckoning for him, unfortunately, because he seems like a type of a, a bygone era. There's already a reckoning. The Boston Celtics window has closed. We agreed it's closed last year. Last year was probably their their best chance, but it wasn't good enough anyway. This team has really no future. But more importantly. 
it's going to be very hard to build a future because of the reputation now that they have. And unfortunately, whether Danny Ainge wants to admit it or not, other players talk. Players talk among themselves. No, definitely. That's a fact. And just because Danny Ainge doesn't... This team could have had AD. This thing is filed. This comment is filed, okay? Mm. Mm. I don't, I don't, like, Marcus Smart obviously loves playing with his teammates because he fights hard. You, you know, you can see on his face. He, he loves his brothers in Boston, as in his teammates. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer he's going to, you know, wait out. You know, like Kemba Walker, if he has an out, like, how, how long does he wait out? Does Tatum sign an extension? Does he re- requ- request a trade? Jalen Brown is also one of the most switched on players in terms of, like, it, you know, how he's thinking about the game overall. And he's really good friends with Kyrie, and he really subscribes to Kyrie's. They're all good friends with Kyrie, and Kyrie is such an anti... Exactly. Bingo. Bingo. And that's the key. They might not be telling, talking about, about these topics to Danny Ainge, but don't you think Marcus Smart has a voice in the locker room? Don't you think he's talking yeah, about these things? They're discussing these things. They had Kyrie. What do you think Kyrie is doing? I don't know. I think he's in Israel right now. What do you think Kyrie is whispering in the ear after after the game, when when they're hugging? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Danny Ainge is the, the devil. They're like, yeah. Oh my god. I, I'll say I don't hate. Like I, I'll be. I'll be like I don't hate Danny Ainge, but it's just it's just all it's just all it's all adding up. You know, like that. His time has passed. I guess. It's all karma. It's just all karma. And you know the ch- the chickens come home to roost. All those poor decisions, all his like cutthroat decisions, and some of them logically make total sense. Yes, you want to exchange Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. People will want to do that. Yes, can't can't complain. But the fact that they didn't take care of I- it, I'm not an it mm-hmm. fan. But IT gave a lot to mm. that organization. And you, it's time to pay him. Mm. I don't care that you sign him mm. for a, a, a bloated contract just to sit him on the bench. It's a thank you for what he has done for the organization. The fact that IT has mm. no relationship with the Celtics right now, it's odd to me. It's very odd to me and sends a bad message. The Lakers, on the other hand, when Kobe Bryant was rated like the 200th best player in the league. The Lakers gave him $48 million contract. Why? It's a thank you. It's a signal to future players that we take care of our players. We thank them. Okay, Kay. We have gone way, way over. There's been a lot of disrespect going on in the NBA and we're tracking it all, okay? Sorry, I have to mention this Michael Malone thing before uh, before I sign off. Do you see this um, <laughs> when you know he has a thing about? Oh, you just messaged me. I didn't know. I thought his name was Mike. Yeah, Malone. Mike Malone, little Mikey, Mickey Mikey. But he he didn't like it when uh, Cassida Cassidy 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 called. Called yeah, yeah, because that's what people know him as, and he was like, it's, like it's, it's, it's Michael, it's Michael Malone. <laughs> I feel like there's a Greg, I feel like there's a Greg Popovich level sort of like thing, like you just question, like, um, actually, it's Gregory. So, so I knew that, um, 
couple of years ago or recent, like you know, recent years, he he prefers Michael, where he sees himself as Michael Malone, right? But like we kind of just know him as Mike Malone, and I think at some point he was Mike Malone. Otherwise,、mm. why would people call him Mike Malone? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's just call him Mitch. Let's、anyway. call him Mitch. <laughs> You've called me a lot worse, Kane. Anyway, I just found I just found it fascinating、no. that he's so sensitive about the name. Like seriously, I think he's joking. I haven't seen it, but maybe he's joking. Maybe it was. I, I don't think he's joking. He's quite serious. He was quite serious. <laughs> This playoffs, I, I'm loving it. There's so much. There's so much to talk about.、Uh, until next time, dear listeners, please stay safe. Get the COVID shot. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Mike. <laughs> thanks, Mikey. Go, Go Mike. Mickey, Mikey, Mickey, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about your team next week, little Mikey. Okay. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Sorry, Mikester, Mike. hey Mikester, <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> Goodbye, Mitch. <laughs>